For the very first episode of Melinda's Margarita Sessions, we feature the amazing Wendy Carroll. She was a lead instructor on the popular 90s Australian fitness show, Aerobics Hostile. She was also an aerobic champion. And not to mention, she's an amazing, beautiful, hilarious human being. So we chat about fitness, about life, and have some fun along the way. So sit back. Relax and enjoy. Hi guys and welcome to the very first episode of the Margarita Sessions. Yay! And I'm so excited because we have the one and only amazing Wendy Carroll joining us. She was a lead instructor of the retro popular Australian fitness show Aerobics Hostile. Incredible, right? And she's also a fitness trainer and just all around amazing, hilarious, beautiful person. Due to the pandemic that we've all been experiencing this year, Channel 10 decided to bring back a collection of episodes from the show over the years. And the first question I asked Wendy was, how did she feel about looking back on some of the most funniest memories of that show? It was really good. I mean, it hasn't ever really gone away. It's always been lurking in the background because of things like YouTube. So it's always been there. But it was really great for it to come back. I think a perfect time when everybody was in lockdown. Yeah. Because kind of like it was hinted at a few times, you know, like it's going to come, it's going to come. And the feedback from that was people like, yeah, bring it back, bring it back. And retro is so cool. And so Mm -hmm. basically I was... Cool, you know, because I was I was retro and looking at those outfits, you know, with the G-string leotards and you know our white sneakers, and then the beautiful iconic backgrounds. First those of all, indoors. British, those British Nikes were so good. Oh yes, yes, yeah. We had a few different types of brands of shoes sponsoring us at different yes. times. Yes. The BK Nikes, they were pretty cool. Very yeah. heavy though. Yeah, they did look it actually, but very supportive. I think one of the instructors said, very supportive under the sole of the foot. That was very well sold. A good spin on their heavy. (laughs) So, yeah, and and even for me, there was like episodes that I hadn't seen. So that was really, really fun for me to watch as well. So, yeah. So it's, it's... I we met, and the only reason like we met because you were such a fan. I I didn't really hadn't known you beforehand. Yeah. I'd known lots of fans, and we've had I've had many different types of fans. We used to get fan mail in the early days before emails. Yeah, right. We used to get written letters from all around the world. I had one lovely gentleman from Scotland who knew that I had Scottish heritage. And so he sent for Christmas, he sent Josh this amazing wall clock. And Josh was only a little boy and we put it on the wall in his room and it was activated by sunlight. And when the sun hit the clock in the morning, a little train would go around going, the thing is, Josh is such a late riser that he said, take that thing out of my room. This train, do, 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 do. Waking him up at like five and six in the morning. We don't have very good curtains. So I I did think that was really sweet, but really funny at the same time. And so, yeah, it's probably brought back a lot of memories for you and memories for me and everybody else. I mean, I did that for 15 years. So it was a really big chunk of my life and a really big part of my career to be doing that. And I made great friends. 
I got a lot of experience, which I've continued on. Like I haven't stopped filming. I might have stopped aerobics Oz style, but I'm still filming for other companies and, and other uh, fitness productions. So I've still kept that going, which has been great. So it's a good yeah. skill that I learned yeah. on, on the job, which I didn't even know. When I first went in for my very first audition, yeah. Effie used to come to the gym where I worked. I had been on the show. So I'd been on the show once before and I'd just gone as part of the Reebok aerobic team. We went in one day and there was a bunch of us and we kind of jumped around in the background and that was it. We just went for one day and it was just a, you know, a, bit, a lovely experience, a lot of fun. And then I didn't think any more of it, went back to my life as an aerobics instructor. And then Effie came up to me one day and said, oh, Wendy, Wendy, they're, they're doing auditions. You know, you should go today. They're doing auditions. Like, okay. I, I didn't even know what I was auditioning for. I just knew it was like the show. And I thought it would just be the background like I was before. So I dropped in and I did my audition. And then a big voice came over the, you know, the microphone overhead. I'm looking around. It was like God was speaking, it was Harry saying, yes, yes, she'll do. She's the one. I'm like, oh, okay. Sounds like I got, got the gig. That's good. So I went in and I had to go upstairs, the office, up all the yep. stairs, up all the stairs, get to the office upstairs. And there's a piece of paper and it's got, it's full page of dates upon dates upon dates upon dates. Yeah. And I thought I was like just doing it for one day. That's all I thought it was just a one day thing. And I said, oh, I said, what exactly did I audition for? And they said, oh, to be up the front, to be a presenter. I went, oh, really? Okay, great. And that's how it all happened. I hadn't, I didn't even know what I was auditioning for, which is probably good. I would have been too nervous. Right. So you didn't pull any funny jokes back then or she must have. Not at that time. Right. So she must have just seen something really funny in you and she's like, that's it. You're relatable, which you are. You're relatable and, and that's, yeah. Harry very kindly said, or always said to me that the, the camera loves me. So some people come up really well on camera and some people don't. Like I'm just a normal looking person. I'm not like a supermodel or anything like that. But I think I can look okay on a camera somehow. I, I know how to look into the camera and I'm comfortable with it. Yes. It's like a little cushion. It's like sort of. Well, I learned to look at the camera. So if anyone's ever out there and you're scared of, working to a camera mm -hmm. what you have to remember is you're just talking to one person so and it was great for me because we had a cameraman so you'd look at the camera circle yeah. but below that there was a pair of legs so it really was that i was looking at a person because there's legs underneath the camera yeah. and there's a face so i was just talking to the cameraman that's all i was doing was having fun and having a chat with the cameraman not thinking there was lots of people but just one person yeah and that's how i went yeah, I think I'm the same when I'm carrying too. I forget that there's actually people watching me and I'll just ramble on. And I, I just forget because I'm behind the screen, obviously. So I just like ramble on and forget like there's 80 people watching me. And I just, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said what I said. But yeah, <laughs> you forget where you are because it's comfortable and, you know, and if it's, if it's comfortable, it comes easy. And same with exercise, really. You know, That's right. It's your comfort zone. So in your, like, you've got your Melina character. Yeah. But, but then outside in the real world, like, are you an extrovert or an introvert? What would introvert. you think? Introvert. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. And once I knew that about you, I, I wouldn't have picked it. I would not have picked it. Like you. Well, do you think anybody would have picked it about you either from watching you at work? Probably not. 
that. Yeah, because you're in your comfort zone yeah. and you feel safe there. The same as when I'm on the stage in the gym and when I'm performing. So when I'm performing, like a lot of actors and people that are on a stage, yeah, that's where you're comfortable and you're safe and you're in control-ish. You know, you can kind of, you know, you can get out of things. I mean, I liked, I loved things being a little bit out of control. That made it more fun for me to work yeah. with. But yeah. so I like to ad lib rather than follow a script. And you're very good at that. You're better at it. Terrible, terrible at a script though. So, for example, if you, if anyone out there has ever watched one of our aerobics Oz style videos, and if you haven't, you probably well should. May I add? <laughs> But at the beginning, I used to, I, I watched June so carefully because she, she could follow her script. She stayed on point. She was very focused with what she did. And I'd watch her and then I'd have to talk. And I hated scripted words. I, I needed to just speak and ramble like I do. I'm much yeah. better on a, a show. It's more relaxed. Yeah. I remember watching the intro to Thaler, which is one of the most popular videos in the collection. My name, I picked were, it. You were concentrating so much and I could see you and the concentration from your face was like, do not stop this up, do not, but you pulled it off, but yeah. Yeah, and because also when we record the shows, mm. there is the opportunity of, of stopping and doing it again and all that sort of stuff. I and mean, then you can do that on a video, but in a show we usually just did like maybe five minute blocks. Yeah. yeah. Then you'd stop. It was on a video, your block would be about 20 minutes and you couldn't afford to stumble over a word. You couldn't afford to do anything wrong for 20 minutes. And that's really hard. Whereas on the show, I just thought I didn't stop it. If we had a mistake, I didn't stop because I thought that's just real and natural and it made the show feel like it was live. Yeah. People thought it was live. People stopped me in the street and would go, do you know, I only just realized recently that the show's pre-recorded and I used to wake up every morning and watch your show to work out what to wear to work every day. Yeah, I think that's, <laughs> Which one, of the, that's one of the things I loved about it is it was relatable and it felt like a family as well. Like you all got on so well. And even when I, I was on the show for three episodes, even on set, like everyone got on with each other. There was no, there was no bitch fighting. There was none of that. Um, which I no, no, we like. all got on really well. I think yeah. that's the difference with being fitness instructors. Yeah. that we're not models or prima donnas or anything. We're fitness people. We're happy, chirpy type people. That's how we are. We, we found are. our little niche. Yeah, and you were fashion standards. Come on, my God, come on. You can't deny that. <laughs> But we didn't. We didn't choose the fashion, though. That was all down to Effie. I know, I know that. But come on, you know, you had to look good in some way to be able to pull that off. Yeah. So. But, yeah. but we often wore things that we didn't want to wear. That we just no. like. It's like, okay, that's what we're wearing today. Put on your happy face. No, no. Towards the end, for me, and this is going to be a tad negative, but never mind. But you saved it. Um, it, it became a lot more serious. And I. I, it kind of lost that, you know, the family kind of feel to it. It was more like there's these hot girls on the beach, but it's so serious. For me, it was just too serious. Then you would come on and do something funny, and I'd be like, oh, thank God for that. But it did become more scripted and more serious towards the end. 
We had, uh, you know, in the last few years, we had some different presenters came on, and and they were like doing Pilates and doing other types of exercise, which is more serious. You can't really muck around too much in Pilates. I mean, I know our very first Pilates shows that I was mic'd and as well as the Pilates instructor, and that was probably made it funny. But the simple that fact that. Well, that was because I was wearing a mic and forgot that I was wearing a mic and I was moaning and groaning through the Pilates exercise going, oh my God, this hurts so much. Oh, this, that and the other and whinging, which of course I forgot I was mic'd. I'm like, but people at home related to that. Yeah. But in general, Pilates is more serious and controlled and all of those things. And it's my nature to work hard, but also have fun. Yeah. And I remember in one of the shows, I was actually watching it today, I was backtracking a little bit. And you were pretending that in your spare time you were a snake charmer. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> no. I don't remember that, but it was probably the music or something that was making me feel like I was a snake charmer. Whether you'd had too much sugar or something for that shooting day, but you'd said to Michelle Dean, yeah, in my spare time, that's what I do. And you just said, I can't explain it, so I'll show you. And you just sat on the ground and you did this thing. And I'm just like, well, it was totally random. It's, it's Wendy. So, and that's why I can't remember it because it wasn't scripted. It obviously just popped into my head and popped out just as fast. It was the same episode where you did an impersonation of a penguin because you were on, a, you were on the HMAS something. And uh, HMAS penguin or something like that. Yes, so, okay. Let's do a anyway, weird penguin impersonation, which didn't even look like a penguin, but you got it out and you did it and you felt better afterwards. <laughs> I'm not known for my acting skills. I am known for being a fitness professional. It was great. Um, <laughs> me too. What, what led you to the path of fitness? Oh, well, that all started way back when with my gorgeous then boyfriend who became my husband, yeah. um, Franny, Frank. So I had been with him. We'd been together only for about two years. And my, my dad was a chauffeur and the family that he worked for were going overseas and they needed a nanny to help look after their three-year-old boy. So they offered for me to go overseas with them. And I was a ballet dancer at the time, yeah. but I'd always wanted to go overseas. So I traveled with them. And we ended up being away for six months um, and we were in New Zealand and then living in Hawaii and then living in the US. And I kind of ate my way around America because you'd buy a thick shake for a three-year-old because we didn't have that. We didn't have thick shakes in Australia in those days. We didn't no. have that. Yeah. So there was a thick shake for him and then a thick shake for me. But a three-year-old would have like two sips of a thick shake and I'd have two thick shakes. Yeah. So I was kind of piling on the calories, wasn't dancing, yeah. playing choo-choo trains with a little boy. Uh, came back and was a little bit rounder than when I had left. And I was a bit embarrassed to go back to ballet school. So I said to my boyfriend, I said, oh, what can I do? And he said, oh, you should come to the gym. And I said, well, are you are you kidding? Like a gym is like a place where men make muscles. They lift weights and which women didn't do weights in those days at all. Mm. He said, no, 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 that, no, there's a whole other thing. There's this new thing called aerobics. And you should try it. You should come and do the aerobics. It's like exercises to music. I went, okay, all right, I'll give it a try. And within about two or three weeks, I had a job. That's so great. That's really yeah, good. Simple. And then still going, you know. Still going, still going. And in fact, I'm actually going back to work with the same man who offered me that job, Richard Chu, who owns Elixir. And I'll be back sort of working under his wing again very soon. Yay. 
I knew you couldn't retire for that long. I was like, yeah, back. I haven't retired. I, I've never retired. Even with lockdown, I was still yeah. working. Yeah. So, so I, don't, I don't stop. I'm an ever-ready battery. Yes, and you can talk down the wall like me. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing so well. Talking about, like, how your journey, how it started, do you want to share any funny moments or the memory of your first aerobic class? <laughs> I've got a feeling that you know about my first aerobics class and this is why you asked this question, this pertinent question. Uh, so in my very first, like where I had my own class because I taught some spots in classes and things as I was training. Yeah. And then finally I had my own class. And in those days you could wear a thing called, well, I, at dancing I'd wear a thing called a unitard, which was basically all in one bodysuit, you know, leggings, but it was long, long sleeved, but it had a zipper down the front. Mm -hmm as well and I, I i didn't have any boobs as such i was a little flat chested ballet dancer had been jumping around and was very used to going topless at the beach and things so like you didn't wear a bra you just had the thing zipped up and i wasn't i wouldn't bounce or anything like that so i was doing the exercise class and unbeknownst to me the zipper was gradually working its way down to my belly button which of course when you lean forward or whatever people could sort of see straight down my top mm -hmm. yeah. i mean only getting a flash of a nipple but yeah. you know, no worse than who was it? J-Lo? No. Who was it? Janet Jackson. That's it. Janet Jackson. Whoop, that was it. I, I, anyway, there was nobody there to point this out except for the fact that uh, the lady who owned the gym, yeah. she reported it to the guy who employed me and said, she can't work here anymore. You know, it's terrible what she's wearing and what she's yeah, doing. No and case. I lost my job on the day of the Christmas party, the gym Christmas party. And, and I was embarrassed and I didn't want to go back. And then he convinced me to go back. He told her, look, it's, it's fine. She's really good. We're going to have her. And I ended up getting back on the day of the Christmas party. Oh, so there you go. I survived. They need to, they need to just chill out. Just, you know, yes. but there's, look, there's been many, many funny an event that has happened along the way. For example, one time on a Sunday morning where a different, there were two owners of the club. Yeah. And so he, he'd opened the gym. Peter had opened the gym. He used to work in the Navy and he used to, so he'd drive on a Sunday morning, but he'd just kind of roll out of bed. So he had like little short running shorts on and a singlet or whatever. And he'd open the gym and he was on reception and I was teaching the class and I got like an upset tummy and I had to go to the loo, like had to go. So I just said, said the class, they were doing sit-ups or something. I said, keep going. I'll be back. And I told Peter, I said, you've got to take the class till I get back. So he had to run out. Fine. I came back later. He said, I could have killed you. I wasn't wearing any underwear. Oh, God. He had to try and teach the sit-up track, lying on the ground with running shorts and no undies. Nice, mm. nice. <laughs> Special moment. You know what? I find that too. When, sometimes when I go on air, I, I, I'll be feeling fine. And all of a sudden, you're like, I've just got to go. I've got to go. I've got to go. I've got to go. And I was talking to one of my friends who's a dancer and she said, before she goes on stage, always happens, she's got to go. She won't feel it when she gets to work, but she's got to go right before she goes on stage. Yeah, it's like nerves or something like that. I think mine was food poisoning. It was like, oh, really? Mm, oh. Had to go. I can hold the other stuff, like number ones we can hold on to. I can, I'm a Pilates instructor. Yes. I can hold on no matter what. But this one was like, mm-mm-mm. Yeah, you got it. I've got to get tips from you later about how to hold on more. Um, but we're not okay. going to add that into the podcast. But 
I love you for later. Uh, Episode two. Did you just invite yourself back, Wendy Carol? <laughs> I may have. Okay. All done then. That's solid. 2.0. Okay. So throughout your journey of fitness, has it sort of changed your outlook on life and, and how you approach situations in life as they happen? I suppose what I think I think what happened was I mean I was in my happy place teaching classes yeah, right. I had uh, I had people from school like a lot of girls who knew me from school who came up to me and were quite surprised to see me in that role because I, I didn't play sport at school I used to hide away I wasn't I didn't appear athletic or sporty or confident at all little did they know that you know, after school, I'd go straight to dancing school and be there for two, three hours every night and all day on Saturday, dancing my little heart out. So I was as fit as, but just, I couldn't catch a ball, for example. But so then they were quite shocked, you know, and, and to see me on the stage. But I think I really got my confidence up to mm. be in front of people. And it was more about, it all happened at the same time. So I, I, in 1990, I had a baby. Yeah. So when you become a mother, you don't have to just fight for yourself. You have to fight for your own child. You suddenly become protective of your child and you have this other sort of confidence. So I was on a TV show that I just started on, Aerobics Old Style, also started in 1990 after I just had a baby. Yeah. And I had a baby and suddenly I went from being a little girl to really being quite a, a grown-up woman. And, I, and it's yeah. continued for the last 30 years and I feel like each decade I get more confident. I'm still an introvert. I still love being... On my own, I'm an only child, and I, I like my own space. But I can also step out into a crowd if I have to. Excellent. Well, you can teach me how to do that. <laughs> it comes with age. Oh, okay. So I've got too long to go then. That's that's good. You've I, got a while to go. You're a baby. You know what? Though I've been 27 for the last six years online. <laughs> and the thing is, you can look 27. You're lucky you. <laughs> But yeah, um, I could get I could get away with fifty seven. No comments. All right. <laughs> I think you could go a bit longer than that. Um, yeah. In that in that instance, though, does it change the way you approach things? If if they're negative or positive, does it has it changed the way you approach things? To no, I I've always been a positive person. I've yeah. never been a negative type person. So I think it's my nature and that's probably what makes me be good at my job mm -hmm. because I have a positive attitude. I have a lot of clients, you know, who, and I, I, I've known a lot of people who've suffered with depression, including my husband. Yeah, right. um, so I have as, as close as I can get to it, you know, living mm -hmm. with someone who has depression and I've trained a lot of people with depression and they always say to me, how are you so positive? Yeah. And that was going to be my And I do think it's just, I think it's just, genetic part of it it's just part of my attitude to life i think the way i was brought up mm. i truly believe that i was born into a great time the 1960s i was born into so it was well past the war my my father was an immigrant who had to survive a war um met my mum 
I was the lucky child, you know, we, 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 we weren't well off. We lived in the housing commission flats, but it was, it wasn't, they, they spent all their money on me. Yeah. I was very small. I had everything I wanted. I wanted to be ballet dancers. They had bought me the nicest ballet shoes and got taken everywhere. And mm -hmm. I really enjoyed my life. I had friends. I got a great education. Yeah. Um, and then I fell into a job that, was just perfect for me and, and yeah. so I haven't looked back so I feel really lucky and I feel very privileged and even though I've had things happen I've had to living with someone with depression isn't is not easy yeah I was just gonna say how did you find that it's not easy it's definitely yeah. not an easy thing um, and no matter what you say and do you can't take that pain away from somebody mm -hmm. and it's very it's very hard sometimes to watch them go through this horrible black dog that looms over them that you can't take it away you can't you can't put it over your head and and mm. and take away the pain for them and in fact you know when you live with someone you tend to drive them more you know more upset because you can read them like a book you know you, you yeah. get you'll get comments like you know why are you psychoanalyzing me because i would understand it so well that he felt like i was analyzing him and, and it would become you know you're, you're the person who's going to get picked on as well the closest yeah. person to that person is always going to be the person who's going to get the hardest time yeah and I, the challenge. I was suffering with a light eating disorder and so every time someone would look at me i'd be like you're analyzing me what are you doing you know and you constantly feel like the world's against you and you can't see past that so yeah i totally get it yeah you can understand the other side of how someone feels but then when you're like you know if i say it was your your dad or someone like that who's mm -hmm. watching someone be unwell mm -hmm. which is what you were and what my husband was yeah. it's very hard like you don't know what's the right thing to say what's the mm -hmm. right thing to do you try and just be there for them but you also you know, yeah. sometimes you want to, you know, you just want to shake the person and go, can you just stop it? You know, yeah. like you're your own worst enemy sometimes, but yeah. you've just got to, you've got to, and you've got to look after yourself as the person who's the carer. Yeah. You have to look after yourself. So sometimes you have to step away. You have to go and do exercise. You have to do things that make you happy. You have to have your own quiet time, go to a movie, whatever it is. And then you recharge your batteries to be able to then keep going. Yeah. Because if you don't care for yourself, you can't care for other people anyway. So you can't That's right. myself. So, if there wasn't a pandemic this year, where would you have seen yourself? Yeah, no, that's a great question because I think the pandemic for me has actually this this, this whole year has been very challenging, very interesting. Mm. Um, I at the end of last year for Christmas for my clients, I gave them um, either bags or mugs that had um 2020 bring it on the theme was all about me because i was turning 60. you know it's always about me so the theme was 2020 bring it on because i'm turning 60 and i'm gonna like i'm gonna be fabulous all this sort of stuff yeah and then it was like oh be careful what you wish for here like 2020 you know, you know, on Australia Day, my most beautiful 99-year-old auntie, who I love to death, my mum's sister, mm -hmm. passed away, and I'd been caring for her for many years. Yeah. So I lost her. Then, of course, the uh, then what happened after that? Of course, we had my birthday. Yeah. Got to go away to Hawaii. Very, very lucky. Yeah. Came, 
I did get to do that just on the day that we got back. The next day, we would have had to go into isolation, but we didn't have to. So we just scraped it all in and had a wonderful time, which would be the best memories for ages. Yeah. And, and uh, then, of course, within within a month, the gym had closed down. My whole world yeah. had changed, yeah. but I think it's actually changed for the better for me. Yeah. I would never have made, I would have just been doing the same old, same old thing in the gym, paying the gym rent, all of those things, which I'm not taking away. I had a great time in the gym, but the gym was changing as much as I was growing older. My clientele were growing older. The gym was staying with that young market and the young market right now are into really power lifting, lots of heavy weights. It's loud, it's noisy, it's sort of crowded in there and certainly doesn't make older people feel comfortable being in that space so they've all enjoyed training outdoors which has taken me outdoors and i'm okay. loving it yeah. they're loving it i'm loving it so i think the pandemic worked really well for me i would have just been doing the same thing mm. without that actually happening and kicking me in the butt to make a change yeah did um, i answer the question yeah you did yeah and i was just gonna say for me i i wouldn't have thought i'd be doing this podcast and it's because you had to kick me out the butt at one stage and go oi yeah, I think I think that there's a podcast and there's a podcast because this podcast is you talking to other people about themselves. Yeah. But I still feel that there's something we need to find out more about Melina. Well, so that's, I, that's why I think I need to come back for round two and have my questions ready and we find out a lot about you because should, I'm interested. We could just have like a whole windy sort of segment at the end of each podcast. Well, that might be a bit challenging. It's hard for me to be on everybody's interview. But I think on the next one, when I do come back, which I hope I am invited again, well, I might have a set of questions to ask you. Oh, cheers, by the way, everybody. I hope you've all got your drinks with you. I'm just rattling my ice there so you can all hear that I've got my drink. And, you know, I'm going to spill my ice. as well. No, well, the reason for this podcast, though, was because... I, you know, I did want to get my story out there. I didn't know how to do it. And it took someone who I'd looked up to for, what, 20 years to tell me, oi, get up your butt and do something. So it's a bit different when your dad says, you should write a book here. Doesn't have the same effect, you know? Well, isn't that, now that's funny because coming from a parent, it's like, yeah. oh, no, Dad, what are you talking about? Whereas someone else says it, it's like, oh, such a good idea, which, of course, the dad's like, oh, I said that so long ago. But so long as so long as you've listened to somebody, that's the main thing. Well, he was very happy that I listened to you. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad sounds amazing. Yeah, he just said his love, by the way. Anyway, um, I think you two should have a moment, you know. Um, what, what's your dad's name? Brian. Brian. Hi, Brian. He'll be, he'll be, he'll be going blushing now. When you... <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, so that's the whole reason why I chose to do it. And I thought the whole idea of last year was I'm going to do things that are out of my comfort zone and um, it's something that I wouldn't think of doing. But this year I was like, there's a pandemic, we'll be doing nothing. And then when I came into contact with you, I went, hang on, I can still do this. 
let's try and do something that completely scares the fuck out of me. And so here we are. So, you know, and I, I thought, it's only going to go bad and then I can improve it. And you're the... Look, you're you are doing... You're doing a brilliant job. Well done, you. And you, like you're now, you're setting the standard for other people to step out of your comfort zone, try something different because you don't know what's going to happen. What's the worst thing that happened? It doesn't work so well. So what? You tried. If you don't try, you're just going to be thinking about it forever. That's it. And yeah, and I would have been thinking, oh, I should have written a book. I should have listened to Dad all those years ago, and I should have written a book. And I still wouldn't have been bothered doing it. But I would have been going, I should have, you know. But I, I also think that you weren't ready to write a book 10 years ago. I think you needed more experience. You needed more life experiences. You need more stories to put into the book. You've got, you've got a great big story to tell now because you're going to bring it out. You've had a lot happen in your life. I've, I've learned so much about you in a short space of time. Like I started out by putting a puzzle together, you know, looking at my followers going, Oh, this girl keeps sending me things and that girl on Facebook, I think they're the same person. Mm. Yeah. So the puzzle started to fall into place a little bit. And then as I talk to you, I start to learn more and then my eyes open up. I'm like, Oh, okay. okay. This is interesting. No, but I, can I say the weird thing that I said to you, which my friends think I was weird when I said it, mm-hmm. because I know that you were really, and you have gone on the show and like you were looking to, you know, to sort of be in the limelight and to be yeah, in front of a camera. What did your friends say? <laughs> well, I, I think my friends are possibly just a little bit more judgmental than me sometimes, Yeah, you know, no, nothing against them, but I think they're more surprised by things that maybe they just haven't had as much experience because I've been in a theatrical world. Yeah. So I've yeah. met all different types of people and maybe they haven't had that experience as much. Yeah. But for me, it was like, I wasn't shocked. I was surprised. And I just thought, go you, because you found a way to, get yourself out there to earn money, yeah. to do something that you're kind of enjoying doing, you found that you're good at, yeah. and you're not just sitting there and being a wallflower. Well, so many people say to me, who's forced you into this industry? Because someone must have, because you can't make that decision. People yeah. don't know, when someone has, a, a person has a disability, Yeah. people are already not quite sure what they're supposed to say or do. They feel like they have to behave differently. Totally. Whereas totally. when you work out, when you work out that you can just behave just like normal. Yes. Like, like you might do things a bit differently to the way I do something, yeah. but that doesn't mean that it's any different. Like, you know, like blowing your nose, whichever way you do it, it's going to still be blowing your nose. It's not attractive. Right? I'm not going to do it now. No, no, but that's all I'm saying is that people I'm trying to sort of be the devil's advocate here to sit on the fence and say, I can understand why some people don't know what to say or do because they haven't thought it through and they've not been in that situation before. But once you start to to meet more people and you be, meet have a diverse sort of group of friends and acquaintances yeah. and, and you have more experience in life and you realise that shit happens, that you start to be less judgmental and you're trying to... And I think people... I think people are getting better because the world is opening up more. Yeah. I, I think maybe here, like in Australia at least, you know, we're getting better working with people with disabilities and accepting mm-hmm. them as part of community and classes and 
wherever yeah. we go. And I think a lot of people naturally assume to me that I've got an intellectual disability, which I don't. Um, but yeah. they assume that. And so they'll start talking to me as if I don't know something or I can't do something. And then some filth will come out of my mouth because that's what it takes. And some other filth to come out of my mouth and they go, oh, she's actually all right. It's cool. <laughs> you know? So I'm kind of, I've fell into the right industry to be able to prove to people that, you know, I might look like I don't know what I'm doing and half the time I don't. But then as soon as I speak, they're like, oh, she's, she's all right. She's, she's, she's fine. Yes. Know. People need to actually talk talk to you, and they need to hear your sense of humour, and you know, and tap into that because you've got a great sense of humour. Sometimes it's a bit wrong, and I do apologise. <laughs> but, um, but, but the fact that you have a sense of humour means you're tapping into things and nuances on and d different things, you know. So which, but again, that's just all experience for people. It's not they, they don't quite know how to approach you because you yeah. know there are people who are disabled who have, you know handicaps as far as their mental ability as well and and you have to treat them a little bit differently so you're not quite sure when you first start what are you dealing with exactly yeah and when i was little from pre-aerobic style i would if i saw someone in a wheelchair on the side of the street i would cross the road to not be near them and go completely the other direction because i didn't feel like i was i didn't feel inside that i was disabled but I, on the outside, I was. So when I was walking along the street, I would always say walk. And people would go, no, you're wheeling. I'm like, no, I'm walking down the street because that's how I feel. But um, now, now I've had more exposure with people with disabilities myself. They're not so scary after all. But I used to, I used to avoid them like anything else. Right. People would just be like, what are you doing? You're avoiding your own kind. And that was why, because I, I, growing up in mainstream school, I, you know, been all, always around able-bodied people. Yeah, you hadn't dealt with that dis people with disability either. They were foreign to you as yeah, well. Exactly. And then when I moved out of home, that's when it started to. I was more exposed to that. Where can people find you on social media if they want to check you out and see how amazing you are? Well, you, I'm on Facebook and on Instagram, and Instagram it's Wendy W E N D I dot Carol C A W R O W L. Cool. And so we'll be coming back for 2.0 very shortly. I'm looking forward to the time when we can do it in person. Oh, won't that be great? Definitely. <laughs> Moving on, we're going to finish up. And thanks, Wen, for coming on, and I'll see you the next time when you come back. It was my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Remember, you can also follow me on social media, Instagram and Twitter at Melina Biking and check out my website, my.bio forward slash Melina Biking and you can buy my videos, watch me live and so much more. Thanks for joining us today, guys. And I look forward to bringing you the next Margarita Sessions.